Book One, Chapter Nine of Henrietta, Volume One by Charlotte Lennox. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Book One, Chapter Nine. The story continued. Mr. Courtney's first care was to send a physician to the sick lady, and that performed he deliberated in what manner he should acquaint his father with his intention he knew him too well to hope for his consent to his marriage with miss carleton and he had not courage enough to stand the reproaches of a parent whom he was predetermined to disobey he chose therefore to write to him supposing he should when unawed by his presence be able to find arguments strong enough to make some impression on his mind and to plead his excuse as he dreaded extremely a private interview with his father he was glad to find at his return home that a great deal of company was expected that evening he did not appear till they were all met having purposefully wasted a good deal of time in dressing the earl was still ruffled with what had passed before between him and his son and mr courtney observed that his looks and behaviour were less kind than usual as soon as he retired to his apartment instead of going to bed he sat down to compose a letter to his father he began with the highest expressions of grief for having by an irresistible impulse engaged his affections without his concurrence he justified his choice by every argument that love could suggest in favour of the beloved object he implored the continuance of his father's affection and promised in every future action the most perfect submission and obedience this difficult task performed he found his mind much easier and composed as if in reality he had obtained the pardon he was soliciting for and now resigned himself to all the pleasing reveries of successful love after a few hours rest he rose under pretence of going out to ride and leaving orders with a servant to deliver his letter to his father at his hour of dressing he went immediately to the commons procured a license and flew to chelsea he found mrs carleton much worse than when he left her yet joy at seeing him again seemed to give her a new life and spirits she called him to her bedside he acquainted her with what he had done she had some scruples but the fear of leaving her daughter destitute overbalanced them all i am dying said she pressing his hand the physician you sent was too sincere to flatter me i die contented since i leave my child under your protection let the ceremony be performed in my presence after that is over i shall have no further business with the world miss carleton drowned in tears and almost sinking under the violence of her grief was with great difficulty persuaded to give her hand to her lover at so shocking a time but her dying mother conjured her to give her that last satisfaction a clergyman was instantly provided by the faithful nurse the clerk acted as father to the weeping bride and mr courtney's servant and the good nurse were witnesses never sure was there a more melancholy wedding the bridegroom's joy was checked by sympathising concern the bride's tender sensibility lost in agonising woe the service was performed with the solemn sadness of a funeral as soon as it was over mrs carleton collected all her remaining strength and spirits to pronounce a blessing on the new-wedded pair and straining her daughter with a weak embrace declared that she was now easy and should die in peace mr courtney made a genteel present to the clergyman and the clerk and dismissed them he took an affectionate leave of mrs carleton who desired to be left to her private devotions and earnestly recommending his bride to the care of her nurse he went back to town with the resolution to declare his marriage to his father 
his sentiments being too delicate and his notions of honour too just to permit him on any consideration of interest to conceal the engagements he had entered into and suffer the woman whom he thought worthy to be his wife to live under a doubtful character on his return home he found his letter had been delivered to the earl his mother being informed of his arrival sent for him to her dressing-room where he found her in tears she told him that his father had been in the most violent transports of anger upon receiving his letter and she conjured him if he valued her peace to proceed no farther in a design that must inevitably be his ruin mr courtney sighed and was preparing to answer her when the earl himself entered the room the impression of his first fury was still visible on his countenance as soon as he saw his son he poured a torrent of reproaches on him inveighing against his meanness and ingratitude then suddenly and with great vehemence uttered the most dreadful imprecations on him if he followed the dictates of his despicably placed passion and married a beggar oh hold my lord cried mr courtney throwing himself at his feet curse me not for i am already married the earl almost mad with rage at this confession spurned him rudely with his foot and flung out of the room declaring that he renounced him for ever mr courtney stung with indignation at this treatment rose up and uttered some words of resentment when his attention was called off from the affront he had suffered by the condition in which he observed his mother who from surprise and terror had swooned and lay motionless on the couch where she had thrown herself mr courtney excessively shocked at this sight rung the bell for her woman while he applied himself to give her all the assistance he was able as soon as he saw her recovering he stayed not to increase her disorder by his presence but retired to his apartment and after he had taken all the money he had in his cabinet he left that house which was now become dreadful to him and went to the lodgings of a young gentleman who had been his fellow-student at college and whom he had reason to believe his friend if friendship can be acquired by conferring obligations to this young gentleman he unloaded his heart but found not the consolation he expected he expressed the utmost astonishment and concern for his indiscreet marriage and instead of offering him any advice in his perplexed situation or consoling him oppressed as he was by the displeasure of his father manifested it in so contemptuous a manner he maintained that the earl's anger was just and reasonable and exclaimed at his imprudence in ruining himself for a woman before the mischief was done remonstrances might have been seasonable but nothing could be more unkind than to insist upon an error which was already committed and could not be repaired mr courtney was at first surprised at this behaviour in a man who had always shown so deep a sense of his kindness and professed the most tender friendship for him but he had still temper enough left to consider that most people follow their own interests and are at one time grateful for their convenience and at another ungrateful for the same reason he left him without taking any notice of the disgust he had conceived and after he had hired lodgings for the reception of his wife he hastened to chelsea where he arrived time enough to moderate the first agonies of her grief for the loss of her mother who had expired a few moments before having given directions concerning the funeral he forced mrs courtney out of that mournful house and carried her to london applying himself with the tenderest assiduity to alleviate the sense of her loss all his own just causes of uneasiness being forgot and his anxiety for the melancholy suture 
lost in his contemplation of the happy present so true it is that wedded love supplies the want of every other blessing in life and as no condition can be truly happy without it so none can be absolutely miserable with it end of book one chapter nine